Welcome to the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. In this second part of a two-part series, moderator Kathy Christensen of AmSpa is joined by industry experts, Beto Casales of Synchrony, Paul Edwards of Cedar HR Solutions, Kaylee Lindholm of KLC Consulting, Lauren Olson, PAC of Radiance Medical Aesthetics and Wellness, Alex Tiersch of AmSpa, and Kristen Trujillo of Maven Financial Partners. Um, let's go ahead and, and talk a little bit about, so the, there is a little, uh, I would say the panel overall is saying that we are not currently in a recession, but there are signs that there potentially might be one coming. It might take a different form. It might be more regional. Knowing that, what are the KPIs that we should be paying attention to during this time? Ooh, all seven. So um, this is I've been waiting for this question, but um, there are a lot of different things that you should be looking at and a lot of things that we've already kind of touched on. So how many appointments are you averaging each month? What's your average revenue per appointment? That's going to if you're measuring this every single month, you're going to see and be ahead of these trends. If you start to see a decline, am I booking less appointments? Is the average revenue per spend a little bit less? That tells me that maybe I need to re-strategize and do something a little bit different. Um, what about the revenue per hour for my providers? How full are they? What's the utilization of my providers? So Lauren touched on rebooking. That is really, really key. And I'll kind of go back to the last question. You know, should you be you know thinking about an expansion? Um, I'm going all over the place here, but now is a great time to expand. And if you don't expand, somebody else is going to come into the space and they're going to grow. This industry is growing. Um, I was doing a little bit of research for a blog that um, that we were doing uh, probably last week, but we're supposed to go from $18 billion to $42 billion in this industry in the next 10 years, it's going to grow. And then if you think about the consolidation of the market, you know, you've probably heard that private equity is getting is gaining a lot of interest and you're seeing some franchises and they're popping up everywhere. That's still going to happen. And the consolidation in this market is less than 10%. So if you look at other healthcare industries, it's 50%. The consolidation there is plenty of opportunity to grow but the people that are really tracking and they're really understanding where am i winning where do i need to squeeze a little bit more juice those are going to be the winners you know recession or no recession so if there's going to be a slowdown are you tracking your numbers are you seeing where you need to dig in a little deeper are you making very smart business decisions are you tracking your cash flow so you can look at the bottom line on your PL. But do you have loans? Are you making payments to loans? That's sucking cash out of your business. So just being very thoughtful and very planful and tracking these metrics over a long period of time and looking at your numbers every single month at a minimum. I think the KPIs that we should be tracking going into recession are the same KPIs we should be tracking all day, every day. Uh, We look at productivity. We look at average ticket price. We look at revenue per hour. And uh, there was a comment earlier about businesses that are booking six months out. I don't understand that. I think, you know, 
granted, we encourage our patients to pre-book. And if they're booked six months out, it's just because that they, they are pre-booking six months out. But if your patients cannot get in for six months, you're understaffed. So uh, when our department, any department reaches 80% productivity, we start looking to hire. I'm going to jump in to kind of piggyback on what both of the ladies have um, contributed. I think they're certainly looking at some of the, the like the early, I think they're instinctive things, right? When you're, you know, what, what a day in the life of is like, and just starting to have conversations and feel what things are like, and then looking at the repeat visits, are they, are there cancellations? Are you having a tougher time booking your other providers in your practice? Um, but I don't want us to forget that we're, you know, we're sort of like kind of waiting and talking about if there is a recession and certainly that's a goal is to like be prepared for it but let's not create a recession for ourselves and our practice i think that if anything this might be an opportunity to look at am i have i shored up my strategy and am i am i focused on the right things in my business to begin with and i think if we look at um you know the 80 20 principle right we know that top 20 percent only 20 percent of our consumers are producing 80 percent of the impact in our business so literally you could pull an audit of your consumers and look at who is the most valuable to your practice and focus in on serving them and i don't think we should forget the subjective kpis you know how are our customers feeling and how's our team feeling are we checking in with our you know i think the goal in a recession is not to like you know, I got to be like the most profitable. I mean, certainly that's ideal, right? But it's like, I want to have a team that when I come out of the recession, A, I've gained market share and B, we can go to battle. And so it's it's sort of using an opportunity to, to capture more market share and to come out stronger and to showcase yourself as a leader, build your brand, build your reputation. So if you're thinking about KPIs going into a recession, all of these things, yes, we should be measuring all the time, but don't forget about the things that, you know, at the end of the day, how are we going to come out of this stronger? Yeah, no, it's really interesting to me because I feel like everyone is saying, yes, this may be coming, but take it as an opportunity to get better. It's it's a situation where it's basically fortune favors the bold. And if you know where you're at, if you know you're comfortable with your numbers, you're comfortable with your KPIs, you can potentially make some really profitable decisions during these kinds of times. Is, is that correct? Um, Kay Kaylee's my new favorite person um, because she 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 focused in. Well, on, I'm pretty sure I was your favorite person. Well, that was earlier point. today during our podcast. So, All right, um, you're fickle. Look, Kay well, Kaylee said something very smart, and and this and so everything means everything's related to HR for me. By the way, if you haven't figured that out by now. Kaylee's talking about making sure that you check in with your people. And so this gives you a really good reason to be doing regular one-on-ones with your people. Because as soon as you start to hear your employees tell you that they're having trouble in their lives, mm -hmm. that they're telling you that, hey, we're not going to be able to do private school for the kid that's getting ready to start school, or they're letting you know that they're having financial trouble, that is a that is a heartbeat out there that you kind of get to feel. So I, I just really wanted to to reiterate, making sure that you're taking care of your people, they will take good care of you. And you do want to get through this with everybody being whole. And communicating that to your team is probably one of the most important things that you can do. It's a really, really good point. Um, Paul, you're now my favorite person. So 
Um, but I did, you know, one thing I wanted to add, and, and I, I like the question about, you know, opportunity and expansion, because I always like whenever turbulent times come, I, I always see it as, as a, as a chance, right? Cause this is when, when, unfortunately with, with, with COVID uh, there, there was some carnage and, you know, we saw a good 10, 15% of practices close. And what happened to the folks that were open was that they were able to gobble up that market share and, and had some of the best years they've ever had. That is something to really keep your eye on because there is opportunity when there's turbulent times. So expansion, I, I think is, is always something to look at. I think you need to be careful to make sure that you're not overextending yourself and you need to be very honest with yourself. Um, but I, I kind of love when there are choppy times because it's, it's, if you're savvy and you have your eyes open and, and you've, and you're, you're, you've got a fortuitous kind of feeling about things, jump on some of those opportunities because the, the, the rich get richer in times like this. And so it's a, it's a real time to, to be, to, to, to take advantage and to focus on what you do well and to do it even better. I like what you yeah. said, Paul, too. Oh, I'm sorry, Beto. Go ahead. No, what I was going to add uh, there, Alex, and, and to the comments on this one is around being opportunistic at this time when times are, many of you mentioned you're, you're growing, uh, you're getting a lot of business. I think that's time where you want to look at your own operations, streamline certain things, as well as look at where there is an opportunity to quit something you can quit so that you can reallocate that for expansion. So part of it is sometimes you want to you want to basically reshuffle perhaps some of the investments that you have or some of the costs that you currently have that you take it for granted because you've been running hard all this time. But when you reflect on it and pause for just 24 hours and say, am I really want to continue doing that? And do I rather have these people or these resource right now spend 20 percent of their time towards expansion and looking ahead of where can I get more share? or make a new offer to some of the patients that are coming through the office or be able to do, um, you know, upselling in terms of being able to provide the flexibility of payments and being able to sell even a, a more complete package in terms of what they're seeking for their health. And so those are things that, that you can think through and making a pause and really re reallocating the resources that you may already have towards areas that are going to produce a lot more for you. I will say, go ahead. I will say in our marketing now, uh, Beto, we are saying as low as 149 a month. You know, we, we calculate what, whatever their package is and divide it by 12. And, and, you know, one, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, it just makes it more affordable in their eyes. And that's real. Like that's simple, real right there you know, they can make a choice. Yeah, no, it seems like patient financing is absolutely kind of a strategy. Lauren, you mentioned earlier, membership programs are a strategy. I know retail, online retail is a strategy. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but those are all things that potentially should be a focus all the time. But knowing that patient experience might be changing a little bit, and kind of what Paul said, he's you know, who's who's able to send their kids to the private school they want to, you are hearing those things. Um, as that happens, how do you start kind of introducing these uh, patient financing options and other alternative options if need be? 
to make well, it available to the patient. Yeah, yeah, you know, actually, I'm sorry, Lauren, I didn't mean to cut you off. Because just a quick uh, tack on that is how you, you know, how you bring those things up and how you discuss price too. I think that's one thing that 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 folks are going to be more a little more sensitive about. Um, so yeah, no, go ahead and take that. Well, as a provider, I don't like to discuss the financial part with the patient. I have a medical assistant in the room with me, so. Um, I'll create the treatment plan. And then after I leave the room, she goes over the pricing with them. We also have a patient care coordinator. And that's one of the very first things that they talk about or very quickly talk about is uh, the availability of financing. And, and I'm, I'm sorry, just real quick. I know that the, the beta with, with your, with care credit and others as well, it's like, that's a lot of that stuff can be done ahead of time as well. So like some of the, they, they can be pre-qualified or, or whatever it is so that um, as much education is taken ahead of time so that the patient's not necessarily wondering about that at first, but um, Kayla, I didn't mean to cut you yeah, off. We, we see it in the network in terms. So many of our, many of our patients are going into your office with capacity to pay already because you all part, many of your members are part of the care credit network. And so, we see, uh, we hear from our providers saying, hey, it's great when they come into my office and they see kind of a credit logo saying, okay, this customer has the capacity to pay because they're coming in to a provider that is connected to the network and being able to, to, to use that is a benefit that patients kind of see being able to use that across many of the industries, including procedures that are done in yours. And so that's, that's one area that I think it shows up uh, from a standpoint of people are going to seek the care that they need when they need it, and they're going to go to the questions that Lauren kind of brings forth uh, after after that is done. I think from pre-care to at, at point of care and post-care, again, we we that conversation is going to come up on all three areas. You know, whether you're doing an appointment, that can be brought forth in terms of if you may already know that patient already, you may already they already know the procedure, so that's an opportunity to bring forth. Uh, payment at time of care at, at the appropriate time, obviously outside of the examining room and, and in areas that you can do it at your provider's office, being able to have that honest, transparent conversation and clear and give options. You can pay by credit card, you can pay by cash, or you can use third party financing like a car credit to be able to do it over time. And those are different ways to do it. And then obviously, on post-care, some of our customers actually choose to do it that way and they get a bill and then they they use pay my provider inside carecredit.com and pay the provider that is connected to the network and they get their money from a, from a bill that they actually sent. So that's an easy way to administratively handle all of that. So many options there and, and on ways that uh, we can give consumers more tools uh, to have uh, open conversations around how to budget uh, sort of procedures that they're seeking. I just wanted to jump in to sort of take it like one level kind of back. Um, I think we have to remember that people don't change their values when a recession happens. And like Alex, you mentioned, right? There's not, money doesn't go away. There's a transfer of wealth. And so what that says is there's just as much opportunity for us to capture that wealth in our in our practice as there is for somebody else. And so it really comes down to our mindset. 
And how, and I, I think we would be doing a disjustice and a disservice to our clients to just assume everybody can afford or needs extra discounts and things like that. And I know that's not what we're talking about here, but I was thinking about this the other day, I was driving by Carl's Jr. And there were like pictures of like triple decker cheeseburger and like the huge fries and that, and it was like two for five bucks. And I'm like, how is that even food? And I thought, well, if I'm dirt poor, I'm still not going to drive through Carl's Jr. just because that food's cheaper than my salad at Whole Foods, because that's a value of mine to eat clean. And I think if our patients are coming to us because of a result for results, then that's the conversation. And that ties back to Lauren's point about the treatment plan. And it's about this, the longer term care plan and conversations that should be happening as a standard of care yesterday to help them achieve their goals on their timeline and budget. Then we can insert the conversation about how they can achieve those. But what we're saying to that patient is you're worth it and we value you that much that we know you're looking for a result and here's how we can help you achieve that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Kaylee. Um, I think what we're hearing is that there, although there is the question whether or not there's the need to have um, preemptive kind of plans in place, I think it's important for us to understand from a grassroots perspective, um, what are the signs that we should be looking for, though? Um, it even Absolutely, there will always be people who can afford these treatments, but can all of the people afford these treatments? Can millennials who have very early adopted and even, you know, Gen Z at this point, there are early adopters, their paychecks aren't matching up necessarily with what their treatments are. What, um, what strategies can we do to, to keep them interested and involved in, in the medical aesthetic industry and continue to kind of kind of foster their journey through um, through the path of, of medical aesthetics if their paychecks get tighter? I think relationships are very important. And, um, you know, there's, we've heard of the lipstick effect during the recession. Uh, and on after 9-11, the sale of lipstick went up. And that's because people will spend smaller amounts on luxury items because they want to feel good. And there, I was reading about, you know, and it, there are some exceptions that people will still pay money for. For instance, if you have a membership to a golf club and they go up on their green fees, will you agree to do that? And I think most people would. Um, I don't know if you're able to get answers from those watching as to why why people and how that relates to the medical spa industry and and any ideas as to why people would be driven to continue to pay that extra. Anybody on the panel that that has an idea on that? I have an unpopular opinion. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, the only thing I would say, I, I think you guys know where I stand on all of this from a business model standpoint, um, because that could be a slippery slope if we're really trying to like, let's protect the people who don't see the value in this. And I think you guys have heard, you know, price is only an objection and absence of value. So I, I can see why Lauren answered relationship, because I think if um, if there's something, you know, we've all had, I, I've, you guys have all heard of these scenarios where a patient walks in, like, I can't afford that, but they have like an Air Maze bag or like some like crazy Valentino shoes or something, right? We've all seen that. And so the only thing I would say is just please, like the biggest challenge, if you look at, I wasn't, I didn't have a business in the, during the last 2008 recession I did during the pandemic, which was, uh, you know, a similar sort of, of theme, but, um, but I've read a lot and I've researched, and I think we have enough data to see what happened after the recession. And most of the businesses that, the, you know, have were that discounted, they had a diff, uh, that discounted their services during a recession, had a more difficult time recovering. And that was basically because for a few reasons, one was just conditioning of consumer behavior. It's like, you know, then you do the bait and switch, like switcheroo, Sally, time to now pay more again. You know, it's like you're conditioning them to pay less. Um, and then also your team gets used to having those conversations and you start to condition them to talk about discounts and less and down instead of bringing value and more pouring more into customers. So, um, so I would say, you know, potentially an apples to orange offer. So if you're going to talk about, you know, if a, a, a client comes in and says, well, I really still want my Botox, you know, maybe bringing in more value, right? So it's adding on a skincare product and talking about, you know, the skincare regimen, I think really helping them understand spending more time on the education standpoint and helping them understand the bigger picture and how that, how they can continue to really take care of their aesthetic wellness through you know, the course of time. Again, this is speculative that we're even talking about a recession again, but I, that would be one tactic I think I could offer. <laughs> All right. Well, I know we have several folks on the panel that actually did um, kind of survive the 2008 recession. Um, I'm curious about um, those who, who did. Uh, any insights into how you can prepare and what you can expect if it does in fact happen? So I'll just share, and it was kind of a, I don't know, it was, it, it was, it kind of happened kind of slowly and it was fortuitous for us as an HR company, you know, providing solutions and, and compliance. But what we saw was that a lot of law firms did not bring the uh, graduating students into the law firms. So they kind of cut that off. And so what we ended up with was a lot of, lawyers, not with law firms looking for ways to drive business. And it was slowly but surely we started seeing amongst our, our members something we had never seen before, which was we started to see demand letters for lawsuits that were in the 20 and 30 and $40,000 range. And that was just unheard of. I know. I mean, like Kaylee was like, wow, that's a lot of money. But before then, law firms basically wouldn't go after your local med spa owner because they were it's they were looking for 250, 300,000, half million and, and, and bigger lawsuits. That's just the way the law firms thought. And so all of a sudden we saw this kind of scourge of 
of, of these demand letters coming in and hitting these smaller practices. And, and, and the next thing you know, your local dentist is like, what the heck just happened? I, I did violate these rules. I've been doing it. I didn't know I was violating anything. I was just doing what everybody else was doing. And now I have to hire a lawyer and get myself out of trouble. And so it, it, through that, through that particular instance, 2008, 2009 through 2011, we saw a, a complete shift. So it is not uncommon now for those demand letters. We, we see them all the time. It's, it's a, it's a very common occurrence where in the preceding four years, I had never seen one. I, I just didn't see it happen. And so, you know, the world's going to change around you as, as if we go into this recession, you're going to see some, you know, and we'll say bully for lawyers. They found a new opportunity and a way to make a living. Um, and good for me because we, we had something new that we had to defend against and improve our value. Um, but it, 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 you just don't, you don't see it until you see it. You just really have to kind of have it together and already, like you guys have said, already have a great team, a great strategy. You're already up to good things. You're already, you're already not discounting your products. You're, you're, you're just, you're focused. And that is what gets you through this. It's really hard to guess what's going to happen. Um, and, and so, you know, that, that's kind of what we experienced as we came through it. And I can just tell you the best run businesses with the best run teams were the ones that got through it. They're the ones that, that did better. They thrived, they expanded, they, and they survived. Yeah, I think what, what I would mention, thanks, thanks, Paul, for all that. Uh, Kathy, what I would mention a couple of things. One, in, in 08, I think it was, it was different than what we're experiencing right now in terms of the uncertainty that we, we are seeing right now and where we don't know for sure exactly what. Um, back then, it was much more broad-based that it hit a lot of the industries and i don't know if if any particular industry i don't recall uh was not hit right like pretty much banking was hit and therefore lending was hit so therefore uh mm -hmm. demand went down so therefore a lot less gdp went in and we had you know four or five quarters that was uh, extremely difficult between 2008 and 2009 and it was broad based um, what I would say, like I was thinking, I was reflecting on this, a couple of things. One is uh, technology is a lot different today than it was 12 years ago. Uh, the speed as to how we're consuming information is a lot different today. Our consumers are consuming this information a lot different than it is today. Um, and, and really, from a standpoint of where, you know, where they're spending their money and how they're budgeting is different than where they were 12 years ago, even on healthcare overall, overall in healthcare, out-of-pocket expense is a well-known fact that I'm going to be responsible for taking care of my body, taking care of my wellness. So if I have some level of ambition that I want to care for my family, my kids, my pets in some cases, right? Uh, many more have, uh, have pets in their homes now. And you know, I want to care for it. I have to be responsible for that. And it's part of what the difference is back then in terms of, of people not being able to think about it that way. And so I think it creates an opportunity for us and, and in the industry to be able to continue to bring forth how, how to do that, how to be able to budget that within the means that you currently have and do it in a responsible way and responsible lending of what we're attempting to do. So that's a little bit different than 
back then it was probably not thought of as much. And the technology in, in, in our industry in Amstra has changed tremendously over the years. Mm-hmm. And let me just add to that. Um, I, I think both of those are, 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 are great answers. I had the, the, the fortune or misfortune of quitting my job at a law firm in like 2008, right beforehand. Um, and I knew nothing, which was probably honestly better in the end, but, but when it, when it, when you think about this, really, it's, 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 again, you don't want to be trying to prepare for it when it's happening because then it's too late. So it's like all the things that you learn about watching KPIs. And and I, I saw a question about how do you track a certain thing? It's like, well, now is the time to figure that stuff out. It's 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 to figure out what you need to track. It's to, it's to make sure that you have enough cash. Cash is always important. Like you don't want to have you don't the minute you're out of cash, like it's over, right? So that's the thing you need to really you have to survive. If there is a rough time, it's about for the first few months or first few like stage. It's about surviving, and then you can thrive. But um, now's the time to learn those things, and if if you don't know them take a minute and and figure it out. I thought one of the 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 best things that had came out of covid and I've heard this time and time again was people shut down but during that time they were shut down they were able to really take stock of their business and figure out where they were and what they needed to do and I was almost like man we should almost do that every year just like shut down for a month and figure out what we need and 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 work on the business not for the business and and now is the time we're, we're talking about this now is the time to do that to really focus on where you stand what your growth plan is how much money you're going to need how much money you're spending things like that what your what your patients are are wanting and be prepared to pivot don't ever the, the other thing is i was just watching there's a commercial um with uh for those of you who are who own a business you've probably been called or taught or emailed from someone who wants you to apply for the uh the earned credit for the, mm-hmm. the tax return for the employee credit um that's like this whole cottage industry that's been created for one purpose to to get people this credit out of COVID. and so there will be opportunities um as things happen and i'm very curious to see what happens with 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 millennials and gen z's because i i think they're going to keep getting their treatments no matter what happens it's going to be zombie apocalypse and they're still going to get it totally agree (laughs) totally agree well think about how many kids do you see getting bottle service in vegas when you could get the same thousand dollar bottle of gray goose for like like 15.99 at the cbs oh it's not nearly as fun though But Beto, the the answer to that is how long will their credit hold out, right? (laughs) All right. We're coming up. Go ahead. Sorry, I was curious today. I did a little research on Starbucks and their Q1 for 2023, and the U.S. um, growth was 10% in Q1. But 7% of that was due to increased average ticket price. I think we all have experienced that. The cost mm-hmm. of coffee has gone up. But there was a 2% decline in transactions. So, and then I was also shocked to read that on average, people go to Starbucks six times a week. <laughs> well, and you know, the, the uh, that's interesting because the other thing I, I, I saw was that uh, Visa came out with their reports and transactions were like people are going into credit card debt now much more. So 
you know, if tra Starbucks transactions are lower and people are going up um, in I mean, again, we'll, we'll see what the consumer says with this uh, ultimately, but. Um, well, and if inflation becomes not inflation, just right. the reality, right? Mm -hmm. So we've come up on about an hour. Um, I'd love it if we could um, take a moment and uh, everybody on the panel just kind of share your parting words of wisdom on this. Um, a recession-proof industry are we aren't we and if 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 we you know keep keep on keeping on what does that look like on the other side of of the recession or, or when it happens um love to hear your thoughts on on that and just parting words of wisdom well i'll echo what paul was saying about it's important to take care of our employees because if we have happy employees we're not going to have turnover turnover is very expensive um we have hardly any turnover at all. So our clients, our patients have solid relationships with, with our, our employees. And so when they come, they feel like they're part of the family. They have a great experience. And as I said, we should be measuring the same KPIs as we always were. We should be having the same practice, practicing all of these good, um, standards of care, offering excellent results, having um, the ultimate experience, just striving for excellence daily. Kind of getting back to that uh, country club membership, you know, I think the reason people will pay extra in their green fees is number one, they have a membership there. In our area, there's probably seven golf courses in the area. And if one club goes up on their green fees, People are going to stay there because they have that loyalty and they see value in their time golfing and they have a great experience. So I think those are things that we can work on in our businesses. Absolutely. You know, Kathy, what I would say is, um, um, you know, from a competition standpoint, I, I say like, uh, if you're in if you're in a, in California, you're always going to have the same governor. If you're in the United States, in, in a business in the United States, you always have the same president. All the competitors have the same president. All the competitors have the same regulators. All the same all the same competitors have the same laws and regulations that exist in our industry or in our marketplace. All our competitors are going to go through whether there is a recession that happens or not, and so everyone is going to experience that. The question is going to be how do we act against it and what do we do about it when it does happen or as we have talked in the panel today prepare ourselves for what's about to happen so the delta is going to come as to what do we do about it what's under our control what can i do that is right in front of me and there's going to be a hundred other things that i can't do anything about that all my competitors are either going to pay attention to which is going to be a waste of time or they're going to act like me or like are like my business in terms of trying to do something about it so that's the what i will leave with everyone is like everyone has the opportunity no matter what everyone is going to be affected but what's going to occur in the marketplace everyone's going to hit a cer certain way the delta is going to be how do we react to it and how do we uh, go forward with it and the ones that are going to be most effective in doing that will be will be better off and there's some that are not going to be able to make it I would just say, I, I don't think anything is recession proof. 
I, I, I don't ever like I, I when I first got into this industry, that was something that was thrown around a lot. Um, and I don't think that's true, but I think we are very much re recession resistant. And I think the the points that Lauren is making are are true, and that the 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 baseline clientele that that businesses are getting are are folks who can't afford um, things that are that that are you know I guess considered a luxury item in, in in some respects. So I but I think we're very very well set up to to survive. But but I do the the one thing that makes me nervous is is when we did our study, Kathy. There there the the amount of like you all on this panel are very very intuitive and you're smart and you're sophisticated with your with your metrics a lot of folks that are out there are not and and a lot of the med spas that are out there are single owned single location it's a very very small kind of mom and pop um space so um i i do think you need to take time to learn um how to be to run a, a a successful stable business and that's um you know anyone on this panel can 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 help you with that it's but it's it's super important to take that time now because um we always see the folks who 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 have trouble are the ones who just who just aren't kind of stable they're not measuring the the same kpi they should be measuring so um that's what i would leave you i think this is i mean again and then always look out for opportunity so now, honestly if it's not the recession it can be like there will be a recession i mean it's yeah. it's just a you know and i agree i don't ever want to i always feel like we talk ourselves into these things it's like oh my god there's a recession coming everyone freaks out and then there may cause a recession and i think it could be very different i think the one thing that's that, that we also have to think about is or one of the things is coming out of a pandemic is a very very different i mean it's something that none of us have ever gone through before so the 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 employment rates are 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 still very low everybody here needs employees and has trouble getting them so unemployment is not an issue and i think it's a very different time and other recessions that we've had are, are will not be similar to this one but if it's not this one something else will happen and right. it'll be a hurricane it'll be a pandemic it'll be, be another pan right something okay. will happen right right Yes, I would just add, um, Jack Welsh has sort of a famous quote, never miss out on the opportunity of a good recession. So I think even the fact of us having this conversation, right, if it did nothing but, you know, for us to sort of talk about it and put some minds together. But, um, you know, just going back to from a leadership standpoint, you know, you might be nervous as all get up, but, you know, get clear, get the resources, the support, the advisory that you need. So you can go be very transparent and confident and clear with your team and where you're going. And also there, you know, you may need to consolidate team members. You may need to cut some extra weight and you needed to do it anyway. And now is a good time. And you meaning all of us, right? We're all going through this together. So I would just say like the strong will survive and it starts here. Um, Kaylee's still my favorite person. I just, 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 I, I, I just did my words of wisdom or just listen to everybody else that you're hearing right now, because I mean, you've just gotten uh, some, some great nuggets dropped on you right now. Yeah. And don't try to do it on your own. You know, in medical school, they don't teach us business. And for 18 years, I've used one consultant or another and, and, uh, you know, there's, we always have to keep growing and keep learning. That's, a, that's such a good point, Lauren. Um, I think that I can second Paul and there were so many good insights that all of these very, very smart, intelligent people shared. 
I, I definitely believe that, you know, there can be a recession. There are things that are happening in the economy right now, and I don't think it's going to be a wave that just smacks us and we're all going to realize all of a sudden that we're in this recession. But are you tracking these things? Are you doing things that you should be doing, whether we're entering a recession or whether we're you know, just trying to maintain business as usual? Are you evaluating your staff? Are you um, looking at these metrics that share so much insight about where you need to be making smarter business decisions? Are you tracking these things? Are you managing the cash flow? And then Lauren, the one thing that I get um, from so many of my clients, they tell me what a lonely place it is. So, you know, if you have a partner, if you, you know, are considering a consultant, where do you need to really grow and find that person that helps you make these smarter business decisions? Don't be alone in this. There are a lot of amazing resources out there. So get yourself prepared, focus on the, on the places that you're the weakest at and the strong will persevere in this situation. But I'd like to say, and I'm just going to do a little shameless AMSPAL plug, but um, our uh, we have a number of different opportunities for, we have a Facebook group, we have Connect, and those are for our members just to have an opportunity to kind of have a sounding board of, of, net, of people in your network immediately just by being AMSPAL members. And um, that's a good way to even just start to have conversations with others and and talk about what other people are are dealing with any questions that you might have. I know there were several questions that came up that were really specific about um, inventory and practice management software and things like that. There are some great, you know, that's the best place to ask those questions. You will get true answers. Absolutely. So, um, well, thank you all so much. I totally agree with everybody. We have a great brain trust here. And hopefully this um, was just a good reminder to get your books in order and, and kind of get everything fine tuned. And we won't have to worry about anything more severe than that. But otherwise, um, thank you for your time. Um, and I look forward to having more connection with you all as we go forward too. So thank you very much. And thank you all who attended. We will be sending out the webinar to all who registered, and this will also be released as a podcast. So thank you so much and have a good night. Thank you and best wishes to everyone. Thanks for joining us this week with the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. In this second part of a two-part series, moderator Kathy Christensen of AMSPA was joined by industry experts, Beto Casales of Synchrony, Paul Edwards of Cedar HR Solutions, Kaylee Lindholm of KLC Consulting, Lauren Olson, PAC of Radiance Medical Aesthetics and Wellness, Alex Tiersch of AMSPA, and Christian Trujillo of Maven Financial Partners. If you're new with us, click on the subscribe button, then receive new content when it happens. Leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode.